Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump into the message. where we inspire and equip people to give their whole lives to Jesus, to grow in their relationship with him and others, and go tell the world the good news. I told you last week that we were going to start saying that mission statement, and I'm going to be saying it over the coming weeks. We've been saying it on Sunday mornings. Um, so just, just like listen every time and try to memorize it. Um, up on the screen, we are going to see, hopefully, a picture of someone who got baptized, maybe. Savannah, who just gave a verse... And then the week before that was Nathan Moon. He got baptized. And then this coming Sunday, there she is. Oh, yeah. Look at that. So happy. And then uh, this coming Sunday, Riley Hillman is also going to get baptized. So I would highly encourage you to come and cheer them on. And then just tell a leader, tell me, tell someone if you want to get baptized. And we will make it happen any Sunday. Well, it looks like the offering buckets are already being passed around, which is fantastic. Um, as I go into the offering part, who in here can tell me what speed the light is? Abby, just shout it out. Yep, you nailed it. Boom. And then let's get it up for Abby. That was phenomenal. And then who can tell me where our Swag shop proceeds go to speed the light. Very good. So I've been saying this for the last couple weeks. I'm going to continue to say it. We're doing a spring cleaning at the swag shop because we are going to turn that into our high school lounge. So I need your help. And my challenge to you is to buy one item from the swag shop. Everything is discounted. Prices are right there. And uh, I just want to challenge you to buy one thing. So if you've already bought one thing, thank you so much. Uh, But talk to your parents. Say, hey, graduations are coming up. Uh, you know, if you want gifts and stuff, we got discounted stuff at the swag shop. So that is my challenge to you. Also, they said Fine Arts Preview Night is in two weeks. want to reiterate that because it's important because it's going to be upstairs, not down here. And that's April 12th. And then that is from 7 to 8. Okay, so we'll still open the youth room at 6, but there will be dinner upstairs. And if you want to have that dinner, these pizza and desserts, then after small groups, you can go back to the swag shop. And we will sell you some um, tickets for dinner. Or if you want to eat for free... There's a sign-up to help out up at the check-in after small groups, okay? So tonight we are going to continue our spring fever series, and we've talked about a lot of different springs. But tonight we are going to talk about the kind of spring that you see in, like, ballpoint pens or the kind of spring that you see in a mattress or the kind of spring that you maybe see on a trampoline. So it's the kind of spring that when you apply pressure, when you apply tension, something happens to it. That's the kind of spring that we are going to be talking about. So let's go ahead and pray before we dive in. God, thank you for these students. God, thank you for everyone who has walked through this door. And God, I pray that you would just rest on this place. And I pray that um, that you would just have your way, that you would guide me, and that you would just touch the hearts of these students and just illuminate their hearts, their eyes, and um, just help them to be receptive to what you want to do in their life tonight. So in your name we pray, amen. Okay, so before we go into what we're going to be learning about tonight, uh, I do want to say it's, we're going to like sit in Isaiah 43, okay? 
And Isaiah 43 is written by someone named Isaiah who is a prophet. Who can tell me what a prophet is? Can anyone tell me what a prophet is? Campbell? Exactly. So somebody who has a word from God for a people. So Isaiah is a prophet. He has a word from God that he has to give this people. And this people had experienced a lot of tension, okay? There was a lot of a lot of stretching going on, a lot of attention, tension going on in their lives. They were experiencing a lot of hard things. So I actually need someone to come up and read um, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. So if you could have it pulled up, if somebody has their Bible, if you have your phone, if you could come up and read Isaiah 43. Campbell, are you getting it? Okay. You just come on up as you're getting that. Let's give it up for Campbell. She makes her way to the stage. Making a second appearance. You got it pulled up? Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. You almost got it. Oh, you're in King James Version. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. You, you can. No, you're good. Do the NIV right at the top. Beep. There we go. Okay. Now 18 through 19. And I just want you to read it, just flat out for what it is. So right there. Okay. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do, not, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Beautiful. Let's give it up for Campbell again. Okay, now we need another person to come up. Campbell, can we just use your phone? Did you exit out of it? Can we just use that? And can I get one more person to come up and, okay, Savannah, you come up. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to have you read the exact same verse, Savannah. But this time I want you to do something. I want you to tell me what this is right here. What is that? Right there. What is that? That's a trampoline. Okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to hold this, and I want you to sit on the trampoline. I don't want you to jump on the trampoline. I don't want you to mess around. I want you to sit, and then I want you to read that verse again. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive Perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Beautiful. Let's give it up for Savannah. All right. And then lastly, I need one more person to read the exact same two verses. Can you read and jump on a trampoline? Okay, come on up. All right, Colby, what is this? And what do you do on a trampoline? Yeah, you're correct. You jump. Okay, now I need you to read that. Uh, those two verses, and I need you to do it while jumping. I, I'm not going to hold the mic. It's going to be too hard. Okay. Very good. Let's give it up for Colby. Let's give Campbell her phone back. Thank you so much. Okay, now tell me, everyone, who was the most fun to watch? Was it Campbell who stood by the trampoline? Was it Savannah who sat on the trampoline? Or was it Colby who jumped on the trampoline and said the verse? Who was the most fun to watch? And why do you think he was the most fun to watch? Because he was actually doing what he was supposed to do on the trampoline, right? Like he was jumping on the trampoline, which is what a trampoline is made for. Here's the deal, deal guys. Those three people that we just saw, they are three demonstrations of the three different kinds of people that live in the world today. They demonstrated three different types of people. They demonstrated people who don't know God, people who don't know God, 
people that know of God and people who know God as first in their lives. Those are the three people that we just saw demonstrated. I'm going to break that down, okay? Person number one. The first person that came up and stood by the trampoline, so that would, would have been Campbell. How do you, is there like a, some feedback button? Okay, you, you got it though? Okay, otherwise I can grab a new mic. But person number one, the first person that came up and they stood by the trampoline, they were like the person who doesn't know God. They don't pay attention to who God is. They never, they never just like even step into the faith at all. They, they never got even close. They just kind of stood away from it and they didn't pay attention to who God was. Person number two, that second person, Savannah, who came and sat on the trampoline, that is like most of us. So that is like I would say a majority of, of people. They know of God. But the thing about that person is that they never reach their full potential. They never spring up because they just sit in the tension. And there, there, are, there are springs on this trampoline. Like you, you can't see them because they're all covered, but there's springs all around on this trampoline. And, and you have to apply tension in order for you to spring up. But the thing about the person number two is that as soon as they feel tension, like as soon as they step onto the trampoline and they feel just a little bit of pushback, they feel a little bit of work, they feel that little bit of tension, they're like, no, like I'm out. I, and and they, don't, they don't spring up. They don't reach their full potential that God wants them to. So they know of God, but they don't know God as first in their lives. Again, that's where most of us are, like in most of our uh, days, like person number two. Now, person number three, person number three, they keep believing even when there's tension. Like they get on the trampoline and, and they feel the tension, but they continue to believe and they continue to have faith no matter what tension they feel, no matter what pressure they feel. They know what's going to happen when they step into faith. They know what's going to happen, but they spring up. They don't sit in that tension like so many of us do. And the springs on the trampoline, like I said, they have to be stretched in order for that person to, to really spring up. But, but most of us, they, we don't make it past that stretching point. Like we, we barely get on a jump and then we realize like, this, yeah, this isn't going to be easy. This is actually going to take some work. And they never experience what it's like to put God first. They never experience that freedom. So therefore, they, they don't get to spring up in life. So you may be wondering, how do I know? if I am person number two, or if I am person number three. So how do I know if I'm someone who just knows of God versus someone who knows God as first in their life? How do I know? Well, there is something that we can look to to know if we truly have put God first in our lives, and that is word. It's how we respond to word. Because the moment that you stop putting God first in your life, I promise you that all the word is just going to start creeping in. We're going to look at that verse 18 that they read before, um, obviously verse 19. It says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Jesus knows that we like to worry. He knows that we like to dwell. He knows that it's a stumbling block. He knows that a lot of the time what we worry about is all the stuff that happens in the past because we have a lot of tension in our past. We've got a lot of pressure from our past. We can do a lot of dwelling when we're stewing on what we said to that friend when we really didn't mean to say it. We may have hurt a, a friendship. Or we do a lot of, of dwelling when we think about who that, you know, how that person hurt us. Or maybe you do a lot of dwelling when you make a mistake in sports. Or maybe when you 
you really knew the answer to that question on the test, but you accidentally marked the wrong box. You just stew on it and you dwell on it. Do I have any dwellers in the room? Does anybody do that? Any dwellers? I'm a dweller. Like I, I tend to dwell on things, replaying things in my mind or, or, you know, rehearsing, playing things out. But in order to see the new thing that God is doing, before we can spring up, God is telling us to let go of the past, to let go of the worry. But the only way that we can do that, the only thing that we cannot, the only way we can't live in the, the state of constant hurry and worry and tension and all this stuff is if we truly believe that there is a God who will take all of that tension, who will take all of that worry and who will wipe it away. And so I know we say this every week, but if somebody in this room hasn't perceived this, you have been forgiven of all the, the things that are in your past, all that tension that you have felt from things that you've done that have been done to you, whatever, you have been forgiven. And every time we live in the worry and we live in the past and we live in the tension and we're just like, I just can't get over it. Like, I can't forgive myself. I'm just so worried. What we do is we start putting ourselves as number one. And we start saying, I am a better judge than God. Like, I, I am a better, uh, yeah, I'm a better judge than God. Like, I'm going to put my, my thoughts and my reasoning above his because I need to have the control because I don't believe he has it. That's what we say. So you are forgiven. And the reason why you're forgiven is because Jesus sent his son to die on the cross for you because he knew that you were going to have a past. And he knew you were, that you were going to have that tension. So he sent his son to die on the cross for you so he would take those imperfections from you. But when your relationship, your, your romantic relationship, your dating relationship, whatever, when that becomes first in your life, then it's really easy to, to let all the worry creep in. Like, I don't, I'm not saying to try it, but if you do try it, you will know that all the worry starts to creep in. Like, is this going okay? Is this going to work out? Do they actually like me? Oh, no, we got in a fight. Uh, you know, what do I need to do to make up for it? And, and, and you just let all this worry creep in because that becomes number one. And I'm telling you because I did this in high school. Like, I allowed a relationship at one point in my life to be number one, and then I looked like a fish floundering out of water getting in a lot of trouble because I let that be my God. Like, I let that be my number one. Or maybe for you it's not a romantic relationship. Maybe it's school. Like, maybe you really start to let all this worry creep in when you don't do as well as you thought you would on the test or on the assignment, instead of saying, like, hey, I'm going to give my best to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the gifts that he has given me to the best of my ability. But I know that my identity is not wrapped up in the outcome of the class, in the outcome of the test. So I don't need to cry when I don't get an A. And I'm preaching to myself because I did this as a freshman in high school. I remember coming home and crying when I didn't get an A on something, okay, so I'm not speaking from a place of perfection at all. I'm saying all of these things that I'm telling you, like, I put first at one point in my life. They were an idol. They were a God. But we need to get to the point where we're like, hey, I'm going to give my best, and, and the outcome isn't tied to my identity and who I am. Or maybe it's sports for you guys. Maybe, maybe you, you know, that is like your idol, and that is your number one, and so all this worry creeps in of your performance. And so when you make a mistake, or um, when things don't go the way you want it to, your world feels like it's just coming down. I remember my eighth grade year. So when you play softball and you're an eighth grader, you get to basically play with the high schoolers that summer, like the summer leading into your freshman year. And I made varsity my eighth grade year. And I just remember that my performance was tied to how, uh, was tied to my identity. Like that's who I was. Like that's how I defined basically my worth. And so I would worry and I would stew on, like, did I miss a ball? Did I, did I strike out? 
Did I make a mistake? Did I let my team down? All this stuff. And it became such a, a source of anxiety. And then my coaches would start to be critical of me. And they would start to point out all the things that I did wrong. And I, and I felt like my world was crashing down. And I actually remember, like, some nights before games, I could not even sleep because I was just so nervous and worried and anxious because it was becoming this, this idol in my life. And here's the deal. It doesn't matter if it's a good thing, like softball, sports, like grades. Like that's not, those aren't bad things, right? But it doesn't matter if it's a, a good thing or if it's like a bad thing or a sinful thing. Like if you're putting something above God, then it's going to be that idol. And it's going to be things that fail you, and that's where all that worry is going to creep in. In Matthew 6.33, it's going to pop up on the screen. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus is basically saying, hey, I know this is hard, but if you put me first, I'm telling you that you don't have to worry about the rest. That's what he says. So how can we do this, though? Like, how can we, how can we spr- like spring up when we feel weighed down? How can we put God first when we feel so much tension and we feel so much pressure from all these worldly things? How can we be person number three? How can we be like Colby, right? How can we not just know of God, but instead actually know him as first place, know him as number one in our lives? How can we do what verse 18 and 19 are telling us to do? Well, I just want to tell you guys that there is no magic checklist. There is no formula. There is no system. There, there's nothing like, I think a lot of times we try to put things like in boxes. Oh, we got to check this, check this, check this. It, it's not like that at all. And I think sometimes we try to overcomplicate things. And if we look in scripture, Jesus actually did things really simply. And so what I'm about to tell you is really simple. Like you maybe know it, but when you hear it, sometimes it just sinks in a little bit deeper. Uh, but earlier on Monday of this week, I was on a Zoom call. And it was with like the discipleship guy nationally for our movement. And he was saying, um, he was doing like a Q&A. We got to ask him some questions and then he would answer. And he kind of stopped and he was like, hey, I know that what I'm saying is super simple. But I will tell you that I have sat across from the greatest leaders. And all of the greatest leaders always tell me the simple things because they last. And so what I'm going to tell you is very simple. The first thing that, that's very simple that I'm going to tell you to do is I'm going to ask you to identify what makes you worry. Identify what makes you worry. What are you worrying about? Because here's the deal. You guys are going to experience things that make you want to worry. And that is not a bad thing. Like, like God has given us, a, you know, a place of, like, of, of, of tension and a place of pressure. But it's, it's how we deal with that, that worry. Because you're going to have the tension. And you're going to have the tension. And as a Christian, especially, you're going to have it. Isaiah 43, 2. So, I, so we're, you know, Isaiah 43, we did 18 and 19. And now if you back up a little bit in verse 2, same chapter, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Notice that in that scripture, it does not say if you pass through the waters, if you pass through the rivers, if you walk through the fire. It says when, when, when. When that tension is going to come and you may be at times, you may be that person number three, like here, like on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday morning, like maybe you're like, yes, God is number one in my life. But the second that we start to feel that tension and that pressure and that worry and it starts to creep in, that's when we can take a step back 
And it's so easy for that to shift. It's not just like a one-time thing. So then, once you can start identifying like, okay, this is stressing me out. This is really making me worried. The next thing that I want to ask you to do is ask the question, how do I respond when I feel that? Because that's important. How do I respond when I start to worry? How do I respond when I feel that tension? How do I respond when I feel that worry start to creep in? Do I, do I just sit in it or do I spring up from it? Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything. And I know some people in the room are like, that is not, like, that seems impossible. But it says in the word, like, do not be anxious about anything. But it, he, see, it says, do not be anxious. It doesn't say do not feel anxious because sometimes you are going to feel a little anxiousness and that's not always a bad thing, but it's what you do with that. Just like Campbell said with doubt, you don't have to be anxious. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It says by prayer. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know another thing from that verse in Isaiah 43 that we just read, that same exact one, verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. One thing that I want you to notice as well in that, that same verse is that it says to walk through the fire. I don't know about you, but if I'm going through fire, I do not want to walk. I want to run or I want to stop, drop, and roll, right? I do not want to walk through fire. But yet... When we respond in faith with prayer, we have the strength to endure that heat. We're not in a state of worry and hurry all the time because we know that God is there. We know that he is number one. So I challenge you to pray in response. Pray in response. Let that be your response when worry starts to creep in. And I'm not saying I, like, I'm preaching to myself too. Like, let that be your first response when worry creeps in. We're actually going to have Erica Bartholo come in a few weeks, in a couple weeks. She just came out with a book about prayer, and she's going to teach us about, about prayer. It's going to be awesome. But what I want to ask you guys is, I know that you guys have so much information, and you, you're so smart, and that's amazing. But I'm going to ask that your first response not to be to go to Google. Like, that, that's going to be clickbait. It's going to be, you know, what do I do if I feel worried about sports? And you're going to have 10 things you can do. Like, it's going to be clickbait, and it's going to look good. But I'm going to ask you to respond in prayer instead. Same thing goes with social media, you guys. Go to prayer first. I'm begging you. And then if you're like, you know what? My prayer life seems stagnant. I don't feel like God hears me. I don't know what to say. It's just boring. I want to challenge you to start memorizing scripture. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. Start memorizing scripture. So in those prayer times... It's you speaking the word of God. It's you declaring that over your life. And then the last thing that I, wanna, that I want to ask you to do is I want you to ask God what new things he is doing in your life and believe that he is doing new things. Because even in that tension and even in the midst of all these hard things, God's saying, see, I am doing a new thing. Like now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? That's what God's saying. He's like, do you want to just sit here? Do you just want to stay here? Do you want to be worried all the time? Because if you don't put me first, like this is where you're going to be. You're going to be sitting in this constant state of worry, and you are going to lose hope. And guys, I am telling you, I have talked to many people this week alone who have lost hope. And it's because Jesus isn't first in their lives, and so they have nothing to look forward to. But I'm telling you, a new thing is coming for you, and Jesus is asking you to spring up. Spring up. 
you can only do that if you do not take your eyes off of the prize. And, and I'm not telling you guys, I'm not telling you it's going to be hard. I'm not telling you that there's not going to be tension because there is going to be tension. There's going to be hard things that come in your life. But you have a decision to either sit in it and soak in it or to stand up and rise up and say, this sucks and this is hard, but I'm going to choose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, as the one who is going to bring me out of this. You get to decide that. So don't give up hope. If you're sitting in this room and you're thinking, I I have no hope for myself. I have no hope for my friend. Do not give up hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. And I promise you that if you lose that hope, guys, so much worry is going to creep in. But the thing is that it has to be every day. Because like I said, we can, we can come here on a youth night and, and, and before we walk through these doors, we can sit in this. Because that friend bullied us or the, those friends turned our back on us or, you know, that, that practice really sucked and we start sulking in it and we just, our eyes are just not fixated on what they should be fixated on. And then all of a sudden we, we, we're here and, and then all of a sudden we feel the presence of God sometimes and we start worshiping and we're like, yes. And then all of a sudden you go home and your parents are arguing and you're just sitting in this tension. And then you come on a Sunday morning and you're worshiping God and you're like, oh, this is so awesome. And then all of a sudden you hear that news that that friend is making some not so good decisions. It's going to be up and down, up and down. If you do not continue to believe that there are new things springing up despite all of this tension. So believe for it, guys. Believe for it. So I want to challenge you in this, these last couple songs. I just want you to say a prayer. Like if, you are, if you're going from person number one and you're like, I, you walked in and you don't know who God is at all. And you're going to, you're like, I want to be person number three. Like, I want to continue to put God first in my life. Like, I want to spring up. Like, I want to see God doing new things in my life. Or if you're person number two and you've been sitting in this tension and it's just been this like up and down thing and you're just so exhausted and you're tired and you're like, no, tonight I'm going to make a stand. Tonight, despite what's going on around me, I'm going to continue to believe in Jesus Christ. I'm going to have my eyes fixed on him. And I don't want it to be just tonight. I'm going to do everything that I can every single day to make sure that he is first. If that's you, during these next couple songs, say a prayer out loud. I told the youth leaders in our youth leader meeting, we're going to stand in the back. We're going to stand along the side here. And if you want to pray this prayer, then come pray with somebody. Or if you don't, then do it, do it on your own in your, in your spot as you're worshiping. But I just want to challenge you with that. So let's all, let's all stand. And, and during this worship time, these three things I want, you to, I, I want you to reflect on. What tension am I feeling? What worry do I have? What's making me stressed out? I want you to think, how, how, how do I truly respond to worry? How do I truly respond to these hard things in my life, these circumstantial things? And then lastly, I want you to ask, God, what do you have for me? What new thing are you springing up in me? I don't want to give up hope, and I don't want to stop dreaming. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Um, so just uh, close your eyes, and if that's you tonight and you're saying, uh, I want number three, and I don't want it to just be a momentary thing, and um, Jesus like, I truly believe you, even though sometimes maybe I do doubt, sometimes I do feel anxious, sometimes I do have these things, Lord. I don't want to. I don't want to sit in that. Like I want to have my hope on you. I want to have hope on things above. I want my first reaction to be prayer. 
If that's you, I'm just going to ask that you just look up at me on the count of three. One, two, three. Just look up at me if that's you. You can put your heads down. So let's just pray. Hey, God, would you help me? I want to choose you as first in my life. Identify those worries. Help me to respond in prayer. And give me dreams. Give me hope. And help me to not give up. Sing it. Amen, we pray. Amen. All right, let's worship together. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.